Okay, good vach. So this Shabbos was a very rich Shabbos in the sense that uh, I heard a lot of amazing stories and I want to share with you some of them. Um, the uh, Torah portion this week talks about how um, Aaron and his children were brought into the service of Hashem. But the title of the Torah portion is Tetzav. Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, you should command the Jewish people. Command Aaron and his children. But Hasidus explains that the one who commands the Jewish people is Hashem. So why does the um, Torah say that Moshe, Hashem told Moshe, he should command the Jewish people? And Hasidus explains that the word commandment comes from the word connection. And Hashem told Moshe he should connect the Jewish people with Hashem. That's his role. The role of the Moshe of every generation, as the Zohar says, there's a Moshe in every generation. The role of the Moshe Rabbeinu is to connect the Jewish people with Hashem. And as the Rebbe taught in the very last discourse that he distributed, that it's possible that our faith in Hashem could be not so um, real to us, could be something which is more... um, uh, superficial, and Moshe Rabbeinu, although all Jews are believers, children of believers, Moshe Rabbeinu brings the um, our faith to be something which is inside us in a very real and tangible way. So I'm going to sh- share with you a story about the Moshe of our generation first, and then I'll share with you a story about the Moshe of another generation. Uh, the gentleman shared a story that he himself witnessed he just came to our show today. His name is um, Mordechai Rachman Asrin. And he said that um, he grew up in Montreal. And when he was 12 years old, this funny thing happened. Um, he witnessed this whole story himself. Unbelievable story. He said that um, someone, one of his neighbors, uh, threw water out of their house. They're living in some kind of apartment complex. And the neighbor threw, out, threw water out of the house. And as people often do. And so his sister walked on top of this water. And suddenly he noticed, and everyone noticed, a change go on in his sister. It was like the as, as if something something happened to her. It's hard to quantify exactly what happened to her. But she started acting very strangely. The way she would talk, and the way she would think, and the way she would respond. It was clear something had happened to her. So they know what to do. And it was something that the, uh, they thought that the um, doctors could solve. So they right away wrote a letter to the Rebbe. And, um, and the Rebbe responded that they should take an arava. They should take a willow. And they should boil the willow in warm water. And the, his sister should drink the warm water. That's that's what the Rebbe instructed. And so she drank the warm water. He saw this happen himself. He says, and when his sister drank the warm water, all of a sudden he saw like something in her toe, like under her skin, it like blew up a little bit. And then there was a crack in the window. He heard a crack in the window. It was a double-paned window. And... And, that, and then after that, her sister returned to being herself. It was clear that 
the sister was sort of like possessed, and by her having the willow boiled in water, somehow that um, that that was an antidote for this 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 condition. Why the willow itself was used? So he said what he thought. I'm not sure if this which, which whose words are whose. If these are the Rebbe's words or his own words, but he said that the um, the water that she had come in contact with was 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 it wasn't was opposite of holy water. It was something something contaminated in that water spiritually, and the willow is a bitter kind of a thing, and so by her having that bitter willow, that uh, just like what says in the Torah that when there was bitter water. Moshe Rabbeinu said to put, they put a, um, Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu to put a, a, a tree, to put wood into the water, and the water became sweet. So too, understood that by taking the, the arava, the willow, and boiling it in water, that would somehow be an antidote for this, and, and that's what um, actually happened, that the, um, her, this, 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 this um, story of the toe blowing up and the window breaking, there are many, many stories like that, of people being possessed, and then the way that they are um, uh, recover from that that uh, unfortunate situation was with the window breaking, and I'm not sure um, why why that happens, what that's about, but that's a common theme in stories about people who are Rahman al who are who are possessed. Um, but Baruch Hashem, his sister Langazunt, is a uh, is a grandmother and totally fine, and. Uh, this unfortunate uh, circumstance was 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 uh, solved somehow by only only the way that a tzaddik can know and the way that a rebbe can know the exact way that she needed to be healed by the, from this experience. I mean, it's not something you could, anyone could possibly think of on their own. Take a willow and boil it and drink the water, but uh, that's that's the role of the Moshe Rabbeinu of every, every generation to feed every neshama, every soul what they need and how they need it. And on that note. I want to share with you a story of the Rebbe Marash. Brief- Rebbe Levin, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt. I, I was under the impression I, hundred percent agree with this story, but I was under the impression that shadim nowadays don't exist. So, does this have to do with shadim? And I apologize for interrupting. I, I just want to learn. Thank you so much. Okay, so two, two parts to the answer. There's more, but let's say just two of them for right now. Um, they absolutely do exist, as it says in Tanya. That the uh, Shin Dalad, we don't say them by name, we call it Shin Dalad. And it says in Shulchan Aruch and Kod of Jewish Law, it talks about Shin Dalads. Um, they de- definitely do exist. But. Sorry, I, meant to say, I meant to say not anymore. Sorry, Tim. They definitely still exist. But the, there's a famous story which I never shared yet, maybe I'll do it next week, about the Baal Shemtiv cause that we shouldn't have to need, need to be concerned about these Shin Dalads. We don't have to worry about them. In fact, the Gemara says that in general rule, even in time of the Talmud, Whoever is not worried about these demons don't doesn't need to be worried about the demons. So it's uh, so whatever you're thinking till now, Yosef, you should hold on to because whoever is not worried about them doesn't have to be worried about them. So in general, yes, the Baal Shemtiv, it's a famous story. Baal Shemtiv, how he took care of the um, issues that people were having with Shindalits, and and therefore the, we don't have that. It's not prevalent their their influence in this world, but absolutely they were created by Hashem and they exist. Just they're not. Um, through, through the efforts of the Baal Shem Tev, uh, they aren't uh, anymore anything to be concerned about, except for in rare situations like in this story. Um, the Reb Marash, the previous Reb introduces the story by saying this, that in previous generations, Hasidim educated their children 
and their, everyone in their family with a sense of, of reliance on the Rebbe. That, that whether it was a financial issue, whether it was a family issue, whether it was a health issue, to turn to the Rebbe and to ask the Rebbe's advice. That's the way Hasidim lived. And in this beautiful story, which I'm going to share with you, mm-hmm. you see how this was, um, how Hasidim simply lived with, in, with, this, with this kind of beautiful relationship with the Rebbe. Um, and again, it's very in sync with the title of the Torah portion, Tetzav Moshe connects the Jewish people with Hashem. So, there was a chassid of the Reb Marash, whose name was Reb Elia Abla Barabaychik. If you could pronounce that very carefully and slowly, you probably will lose your American passport. Anyway, so Reb Elia Abla, his father was a businessman in Polosk. He was a businessman in Polosk, and um, his father went to the Tzemach Tzedek in the early years, the leadership of the Tzemach Tzedek, and asked Tzemach Tzedek about where he should go to um, earn a livelihood. And the Tzemach Tzedek told him that he should go um, to a certain area in Russia. In general, the Chabad Rebbes were very influential in um, creating spaces, colonies, for Jews to earn a livelihood. And he um, instructed him where he should go. And he... um, he told the Tzemach Tzedek, he said, I don't have any money. You're telling me I should go there, this, this specific place, to earn, to earn a livelihood, but I don't have any money. I don't even know how to start. So the Tzemach Tzedek said, I'm going to lend you 300 ruble. And you should know, all you need to do is not to mess it up. <laughs> you don't have to do anything, just don't mess it up. Because he said, anyone I lend money to, it's, a, it's something that gives them success and their children success for generations. So, okay, he took the loan, and he moved to this region, um, and started actually a village called Abela. And what happened was, was that he had an acquaintance who discovered that there was a paritz, there was a landowner that wanted to sell a, a river and a mill, and they made some partnership with him and this guy, and he took a 300 ruble, and he bought a mill. And so this chassid... Um, uh, Reb Elia Abla Barabaychik, he grew up in Abla. That's why they call him Elia Abla because he was from he was from Abla, and he was a very simple Jew. When he um, when he grew older, he uh, wanted to know what he should do: should he stay in Abla, or should he move somewhere else to try to earn a livelihood? So he came to the Rebbe Maharash, and the Rebbe Maharash said to him that he should stay in Abel, and he should earn his livelihood there. And this Reb Elia was a very um, tall, broad, handsome fellow. And the Rebbe Rash said to him, Elia, I am jealous of your challenges. Because in his business, he bought certain, um, he bought certain sections of a forest, and he would send the wood, send the lumber upstream to Riga. And because of his um, large business, he got involved with many Pritzim, many many Polish uh, landowners and Russian landowners. And very often because of his business, he ended up hanging out with the families of these uh, landowners. And so it was very difficult challenges. And so he told the Rebbe Rashab, 
the previous Rebbe's father, that the closeness and the blessings that the Rebbe Marash gave him really had such a strong effect on him. The Rebbe Marash said, I'm jealous of you. I'm jealous of your challenges. I'm jealous of them. So that just hearing that from the Rebbe, decades later, um, the previous Rebbe said he could see the influence of the words of the Rebbe, how it really was so heartwarming for him and so empowered him that he said, I never succumbed to any of these challenges, Baruch Hashem. So he said that um, when he goes to heaven, he um, just hopes that after he gets beaten, until he's not a sorry to public, until he's completely destroyed and he comes to heaven, the angels are going to give him what for. He says, I only wish that I could ask afterwards, I can, they could bring me in to see the Rebbe Marash. That's what he told the Rebbe Rasha. And so the previous Rebbe said, look, think about this guy. This guy is someone who wasn't missing any material. Um, he, was, he was well-to-do. He, spirituality, he had no understanding of. What was his only request? His request was, I want to be able to be, my neshama should be able to be with the Rebbe. So, I'm going to share with you um, something that the Rebbe Marash said to him, which is printed in the Hayom Yom. Um, a very, very powerful teaching, and something that he lived with his whole life. It goes like this. It's a Hayom Yom of the... Um, the 16th of Iyar, the Rebbe Marash told the Chassid of Elia Ebeler when he visited him for a private audience, Elia, I am jealous. You travel in the marketplace. You see a lot of people. In the middle of a business, you talk to someone about a Jewish word. You tell them a word of, of the Agadita from Ein Yaakov. You tell them a story in the Talmud. You tell them you inspire him to learn the revealed parts of Torah. You inspire him to learn the inner dimension of Torah. And when you do this, you cause a happiness in heaven. And this business that you do causes Hashem to pay you for it. And Hashem pays you for it with children, with health, and with ample livelihood, and comfortable livelihood. And the greater the marketplace, the greater the work, and the greater the income. That's what the Reb Marash told us, Chosr Belyabler. You, you, you go in the marketplace, you speak to people about Nigla, about Chsidis, you tell them to learn more, you share them with, 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 share with them more a teaching, and I'm jealous of you because you don't know what kind of joy you cause in heaven as a result of this, and, and Hashem pays you for what you're doing. That's what the Reb Marash told him. So when the previous Rebbe met Reb Abler, it was 30 years later, after you heard this from the Rebbe Marash. He heard this Rebbe Marash in Tafesh, Chav uh, Ches, and he shared this with the previous Rebbe in Tafesh Nun Ches. Tafesh Nun Ches is 1898, I think. And he said, the previous Rebbe said, he was in his 70s, and he was telling me something that he had heard 30 years before, and yet he was sharing with me as if it happened yesterday. And he had such a feeling what he was saying. And the previous Rebbe said, I was so shocked to hear what kind of change this person went through by these few words that he heard from my grandfather. He became a different person. Before this, he was a simple guy. He had some knowledge of, of Torah. He lived, because of his business in the mill, um, he lived in, he, he was well-to-do, and he had a courtyard, 
and in his courtyard he he had people that he he hired, and he had a shul in his courtyard. He had a a mikvah in his courtyard. He was forty five years old, and he was already you know well established. But those few words that Marash he said, I was cooked. I was like I was as if those words cooked me. He said, he said to to the, to the previous rebbe, for twenty years I traveled to the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe traditionally. We, when we see the Alter Rebbe, we refer to the first Rebbe of Chabad. The Alter Rebbe is called the Older Rebbe, the first Rebbe. But he, when he said the Alter Rebbe, he meant the Tzemach Tzedek. He says, 20 years I've been traveling to the Tzemach Tzedek. And I, when I went to the Tzemach Tzedek, I heard Hasidic teachings. And he gave me an order of how to live my life. But what I heard from your grandfather, from the Rebbe Marash, he told the previous Rebbe, what I heard from your grandfather, I never heard from the Tzemach Tzedek. The Rebbe said, he told the previous Rebbe, that he's jealous of me. He said, when I walked out of this private audience, there was a Fabrengan going on, and I right away hired someone to teach me Torah. I decided, he told the previous Rebbe, that Medav Machafun Elia a mensch, that Elio has to become a mensch. That's what he decided. I have to make Elio into a mensch, meaning himself. And he said, the words of the Rebbe were like a good ointment for me. He said they were like, a, in those days, there was a custom... Um, medical uh, uh, something that they did to heal themselves was they used to take leeches. I don't think they do this today, and they took leeches to to suck out unhealthy blood. So he said the Rebbe's words were like a leech taking out the unhealthy blood. And when I came back home to Abella, the custom was whenever a chassid would visit the Rebbe, so he'd invite everyone to come hear the teachings that the person had heard from the Rebbe. He would make a they would make a big gathering, a big fabrengen. Everyone would come from all around to hear what had happened in Lubavitch. So this Chaser Abelia, he said, I don't understand the words of the Rebbe, Tzedek, uh, the Rebbe Marash. I couldn't understand all the words he said. But I did understand a few things that he said. He said that angels are jealous. The Malachi Maila, the angels in heaven are jealous when a person does a mitzvah with reverence for Hashem. And he also said that Hashem is called the king, he made this big fabreng and he shared the things that he did understand. He said, Hashem is called Melech Yisrael, the king of the Jewish people. The word Yisrael, which means the Jewish people, is an acronym for the words Yeshishim Ribi Oisis The word for the Jewish people is also an acronym for the words, there are 600,000 letters in the Torah. So he said, the Amar said, and the Rebbe Elliot repeated, that every letter in the Torah has a neshama for it. And the reason why neshama comes to the world, the reason why every soul comes to the world, is in order to reveal that letter of the Torah in this world. So every Jew has a letter in the Torah, and he comes to this world to bring and reveal that letter of the Torah, that, that, that's him in this world. And so the previous, the Rebbe said, that is when a simple Jew is in the marketplace, and he does his job with, with simple faith and honesty, Angels are jealous. The Reb Marash, I believe it was Shavuos, when, when the Reb Elia went and visited Lubavitch, and the Reb Marash had said a discourse about the giving of the Torah. It says, when Hashem gave us the Torah, the angels told Moshe, Rabbeinu, told Hashem, why giving the Torah to the Jewish people? Give us the Torah. So Hashem told Moshe to respond to the angels. Why do you deserve the Torah more than the angels? So Moshe responded to the angels, says in the Torah, I am the Lord your God, took you out of Egypt. Hey, you angels, you guys been to Egypt? It says in the, Lord, it says in the Torah, I am, do not swear falsely. 
So Moshe said that you guys do business with Gentiles, you need to make an oath to prove that you're saying, saying true things. It says in the Torah, do not serve other gods. You live in heaven, are there other gods to serve? Why should you use, why do you, do you deserve the Torah? The Torah is clearly about us in this physical world. That's the content of the, of the Talmudic passage that the Rebbe was quoting. And so Elia shared what he understood from this discourse. And he also brought the um, handwritten copy of what the Rebbe had said. And then he said this, he told them shamefacedly what the Rebbe Maharash had said to him. Again, that I am jealous of you. You go in the marketplace, you see a lot of people, and, and, and you share with them a, a word of a Jewish word, you share with them a teaching of the Talmud, and you t- inspire them to learn more, to learn Nigla or Chassidus. So he said, when I shared this, these words, when I came back home to Abella, to all these Jews who had gathered to hear me speak, because, they, because I come from the Rebbe, they all wanted to hear me, when I shared it with them, there was such a tumult in the town. All of a sudden, it, it warmed up everybody. The Rebbe's words warmed up everyone else too, not just Abelia. Everyone listening was so warmed up, they realized like, wow, the Rebbe is jealous of him because of what he's doing in the marketplace. We're all going to the marketplace. Look what a simple guy could do. That, it, 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 it caused a renaissance, it caused a rejuvenation in all these Jews in Abella. And right away, and there was a new class in Talmud every day. Right away, there was a new class in Kutatera. There was a new class because they realized we could do something. And Elia told the previous Rebbe, when he's 75 years old, 30 years later, he said, I heard these words from, the, um, from, from your grandfather when I was 45, and every single day since then, I review those words every single day. And he said, I have shared those words, and I have given life to hundreds of people by sharing those words with them. He said, these words have caused Jews to become alive. What happens is, Rebellion says, I share with, this, I share with this, um, this teaching with someone, and he starts learning Torah. And then when he comes back to the marketplace, and he meets his friend, they both have something to talk about, because they both started learning Torah. All of a sudden, they have, they have some content, some meaning, and some life in them. So, the previous Rebbe said, when he was listening to Rebellion speak, it was so beautiful, he said. You could see in his face, the wondrous pleasure he had when he said, I, I shared these teachings with hundreds of people, you could see in his face a wondrous pleasure. You could see that in all of his bones, the previous ever said, all of his bones were saying in, in his words, you could see that he was saying it from every, every part of him. His whole, all of his bones were saying it was worth living in this world for the last 30 years. It was worth being alive. It was worth my soul coming into this world. Why? Because I, um, I, I, I did the purpose why my soul was in this world. I, I, I brought life to people. You could see, said the uh, previous Rebbe, that he, in his whole being, he felt like it was worth it. He said that it's such a pleasure sharing how, how he brought life to people. So he had um, visited the city of Lubavitch and he met the previous Rebbe and he was telling the previous Rebbe all the stories that had happened to him since he was 10 years old. Since he traveled to Lubavitch uh, at the age of 10, he used to walk on foot to the city of Lubavitch, and he's sharing with the previous Rebbe in detail what it looked like, and, and not just the city of Lubavitch, but when they would travel to Lubavitch on the way, they would stop by different towns, they would make verbringings for those who were on the way to Lubavitch, and they would make gatherings, and he was sharing with the previous Rebbe um, the, the, these, these memories of 50 years that he had 
of visiting the uh, the Rebbe Marash and the Rebbe Rashab. And uh, the bottom line is is that um, this is the meaning of Va'atet Tzavos Me Yisrael, how Moshe connects the Jewish people. Here, the Rebbe Marash shared this teaching with a simple Jew, and he was 45 years old, and it just transformed him and made him alive and caused him to give life to others. And that's how the uh, Moshe of a generation brings life to all the Jewish people by by inspiring them, by finding, as the Rebbe once said about the previous Rebbe, the previous Rebbe was a person that whenever he met someone, he brought life into the person that he met. That's that's the the, the characteristic of a person who met the Rebbe, of the, met the previous Rebbe, the Rebbe said, he, he brought life in every person he met. And here the story of Rebbe Yebler, same thing, the Rebbe told him something, and it brought life to him, and it brought life to every person he encountered, wherever he traveled, all over the world, and this, and and those those words, the Marash, Elia. I'll just I want to say it one more time. He said it every day of his life for thirty years. Let's say it one more time. Elia, I am jealous of you. You travel in the market, you to the marketplace. You see a lot of people, and if in middle of your business you talk with another person about a Jewish word, a word of the Talmud, and you inspire him to learn the revealed parts of Torah, or you inspire him to learn the inner dimension of Torah, you cause happiness in heaven. And this business, Hashem pays back for this kind of business with nachas, with children, health, and parnasa. And the greater the marketplace, the greater the work is, and the greater the income. Anyways, I just wanted to share that story with you, and we should take this to heart, and we should review it ourselves every day. Think about the incredible impact we have and what we're doing in this world, and how each of us can make a difference and bring Mashiach. Especially today, when it's not like in those days where everyone was at least knowledgeable and somewhat of Torah. Everyone kept something in mitzvahs. Nowadays, you know, until we're in the last moments of the exile before the coming of Mashiach, there really is um, a need to to um, give life to other Jews and share with them things that they really had no opportunity to learn. Hashem should bless us all that we should take upon ourselves the mission of the Moshe Rabbeinu of our generation who commanded and said, connect the Jewish people with Hashem and we should merit to see the coming of Mashiach Tzakeinu Tonight, Mamish and Shalai Merakedesh. A good vach, a friend of a vach. Quick question. Um, you know, Baruch Hashem, in our show, we emphasize the fact that uh, the ordinary person, that while we're doing our business, their, their business activities, if they bring out um, uh, um, a topic of Hashem, you know, their big rabbis are jealous of them. And, um, you know, because a lot of, I feel like a lot of the ordinary people say, oh man, if only I could also be like, you know, sit in yeshiva and learn so much Torah and, you know, give Hashem so much nachas. But, uh, you know, um, at least you change my perspective because, uh, you know, but Baruch Hashem, so in our school, we do emphasize that. What do you think we can do to, I feel like this is a very powerful message that uh, we should publicize more. sharing this message like the Eli did, person by person, one by one, and uh, heart to heart. Um, that's, that's the best way, I think. Um, all right, good to work. Good to work.